Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 511. Linz. Tony. How are you doing on this fine, fine day? I mean, there was sun today. There was sun today, which was normal. Which was good. And so I just fucking, I hate, I'm ready for it to not be winter anymore. Yes, we do have the winter blues, but. Yep. Or is it blues or just depression or whatever? I'm pretty sure that, like, very cutely called the the winter blues or cabin fever uh, back in the day, but now it's just known as seasonal depression. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! We're over this. <laughs> we had time to read some comics, um, which we brought to you today. Yep. I uh, did a little bit Silver Surfer, some Sinister, some Stormbreakers. I'm trying to do and Secret Societies. Ooh, yeah. I just I had some stuff. Good stuff, though. Good stuff. Always good stuff. So grab a cold one and relax and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 511. Prima Animalis? Pusillanimous? Is that what it was? Is that? Are you talking are about... You, what did you just tell me? What pusillanimous. Was, oh, Pusillanimous. Okay. Yeah. What did I say, then? I have no fucking clue what you just to... said. <laughs> well, the title is Pusillanimous. <laughs> Good luck on me trying to type that out. Google it. (laughs) How am I going to Google it when I can't type what it is? (laughs) So I had my nephew over on... The other weekend, and yes, your favorite nephew. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I was gonna you, say, don't. Get, I'm gonna make you put it on for pros, pro, prosperity. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, well, no, I was gonna say, no, not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he loves all his nieces and nep- niece and nephews equally, equally, but some with but different is, reasons yes. and everything. Anyways, <laughs> I had had, had my nephew uh, Milo and. One of the things to do, he wanted, he's always wanted to play with some of my toys, my collectible toys. And when he comes over with his other siblings, can't watch them all. And he's to the age now where I feel like he could respect them. So right. that was the main goal. But then the comic signal was having their seventh anniversary. So I was like, he's getting into some comics too. Let's take him out there and, you know, get him a comic book. Sure. And since I'm low on cash, I was like, he has a piggy bank. So, ah. you know. I end up giving. He has to pay his own comic book. I end up paying the difference because he got a graphic novel of Sonic and costs a little bit more. But while there, he is the term kid in a candy store. Whoa, what's this? Oh, what's this? Oh, can we get this one? Oh, what about this one? And then he loves Sonic because that's what he, the trade paperback that he got, which is more uh, conducive to your wallet than buying individuals. But then he's like, but there's all these individuals that are like, Half off, but I'm like, still a little bit more than this. But I know what you're saying. We can get one or the other. And then he keeps going up to, the, like, the lady, uh, mm. one of the workers there. Mm-hmm. I think it's the wife of the owner. Yeah. Um, He was being the most perfect cute, asking just stuff that, you know, sometimes kids don't have that filter. And he just right asking things. And it was just so cute. Um, Got to see some of my artist friends, which... Then 
Again, the little shit making fun of me. Oh, you have friends? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I know. <laughs> which which wasn't good when he said that in front of Travis McIntyre because then Travis started ragging on me too. And As was, he should. It was, yes. It was good catching up with him. And it was an overall good day. And then we came back here and we set up half of a, a shelf for some new figurines and getting my basement a little bit clean. And he was... Really actually good with the, the toys. The one part, though, which partially bad on my part is, so I have these old Transformers. Mm-hmm. And Transformers, I've later in life found out why I love them so much because I love uh, doing... Like, You're a fidgety. Well, not just fidgety. You're a fidgety yeah, I mean, person. I'm, but I like puzzles and putting them together. And like yeah. that's what a Transformer is, robot to truck or whatever. Some of the old ones are easy to just move some arms and do that. Even some of the new ones are easy to do that. But then there's some that I've bought in over the years that are a little more complicated. Yeah. Which, again, I'm letting him try to transform these things. Can you do this part? I'm like, oh, I think this was. And then we get like a half transformed transformer because <laughs> I can't remember how to do it. I should, probably should have looked for the instructions. instructions beforehand. So I, that's the new promise. He picked three of them. I got to get the instruction, or at least me remember how to do them. So right. I have to practice it before next time. <laughs> Let him do it when he gets a mistake. I can help fix it. But Aww, that was something. I, I, that was something though I've never thought of before because most of them I have them in just whatever mode, and they're up there with some other figurines, and they have like you know kind of a scene, you know, as some people would do with their figures. Yeah, some you don't, people. Well, I would shut up. <laughs> I will say this. I He's love still it. single, ladies. <laughs> hey, I love all the praise I get from my nephew saying, Uncle Tony, you're so cool having all these toys. Yeah. I will take that. That does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not to go too much uh, before we get into comic books and everything, but do want to mention, too, that uh, last night I was able to go to uh, WW uh, Raw. Yes. WWE Raw. And... That was fun. Uh, one of my buddies bought me a birthday ticket. Uh, he, that's he lives and breathes wrestling. Okay. I still like wrestling enough. Probably if it wasn't for my buddy Mike, maybe more off the bandwagon. But you know, it's part of my childhood loving sure. everything. So going to this, you know, I felt like it's a little more of a, a having a being a partner with my my buddy there. His wife went to. So us three, we get there, and where we're sitting at, pretty decent seats, to tell you the truth. And it was a good overall night. But what made it even more special is, A, my friend Mike being like a kid, like, yeah, and this and that. But then we had a family next to us, two parents and then a little boy and a little girl, probably like 8 and 10. They made homemade signs and everything. Mm. Um and so my buddy's uh, wife, she's a school teacher, so she kind of sat next to him in between us guys. And uh, the guess, shield, the human shield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the little kids, I could overhear some of their conversations, little kids, you know, chatting with Lindsay, and she's a good, you know, teacher about how she has a snow day tomorrow. And Lindsay's like, You got a snow day? How do I get a snow day? And then that's when I clicked and realized these parents are smart. Because they know their kids aren't going to go to school tomorrow. Uh, they don't want to tell their kids they can just get a day off whenever. But snow days happen randomly. And right. just tomorrow, kids won't know. And 
Yeah. They got to stay up past their bedtime to to do this, but also their energy made my day. It was like my buddy's energy, but then their energy was on the same level and it it just it made me so happy because again, watching the show is fun. I mean, it is um acrobatic, you know, men doing cool moves. That's the fun part. Yep. And part of the story if you can follow it, but these kids like cheering on the hero and like booing the villain was just like too much because they don't they it's real to them right and that yeah. was just like one of those and it's real to my buddy but no oh, that's worse but <laughs> but, it was, but it was yeah it was oh well i'm glad you had a good time yep. and i even had time to read some books this week yeah oh i read a lot of books this week i read a couple yeah i'm going to start off with I'm just going to, oh, I don't, uh, I don't like reviewing bad books. And again, I don't think this book is going to be bad. Um, it is Silver Surfer Ghost Light number one. This okay. came out a couple weeks ago. Ghost Light? Yes. Okay. The reason why, I'm not going to really kind of give it a big review, but I was a little disappointed is it had not a lot of Silver Surfer in it. It had these, you know, Earth, these humans, these people... And then followed these people around knowing, okay, they're going to meet up with Silver Surfer eventually. And they're going to be kind of the main uh, people of the story. But I was like, I'm all ready to get back into Silver Surfer. Right. He hasn't, he had a book like a year ago, but it was like a miniseries. I think this is also going to probably be a miniseries, which. Yeah, I don't know that he can carry a long-term book. I mean, he did back in the day, but nowadays, yeah, I don't think he's, but they're going to want to start positioning him. If he's gonna, if he gets onto the MCU, they're gonna push. Oh, you, oh, wow! You think you think they're gonna go in that direction already with the Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer? They don't have to have him even show up in that movie. But if you're gonna have a Galactus eventually, which MCU would be dumb not to do, sure, a proper Galactus, a proper Galactus. Yeah, yes. you're gonna want to have a Silver Surfer attached to that, so he's gonna show up eventually. It's not if, it's when. Okay. But again, these short stories or short little mini series though are great to get a little bit enough of you know Norn Rad and then, but this just felt lacking a little bit of him. Mm-hmm. So that's where I don't want to get to because there, it didn't have as much Silver Surfer as I wanted. So everything else that happened was yeah. But like, you have a lot of history with Sur- Silver Surfer, so step back a minute and think about it. If like you were maybe somebody who wasn't into the Silver Surfer, did this book set up what maybe the story will be in a good way? Yeah, it definitely set up. But it's one of those things where you finally get that in the last couple pages. So like, I'll say this halfway through reading, I was kind of like, all right, like it's good dialogue, it's good following these these characters, but where's where's my Surfer? Right. You know? Right. So again, I didn't. It's not really a bad review, but it was just I. I the next book, hopefully, will then, since he showed up on Earth now, okay. Be 100% more Silver Surfer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, other one that I, I, I read, but didn't really read, because there's not really much, I mean, there's words in it. Uh, Stormbreakers, the next generation of elite artists. Pretty much it was something that Marvel gave out. It's a free sketchbook of, you know, some up-and-coming artists that are going to be working on some of the books, and it kind of has... Uh, you know, a little bit of a plug of who they are, some questions and answers, and just the books that they're going to work on and everything. So, you know, 
those are always fun. Get those freebie books from your comic book store when you go to them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I explained to my nephew was of the previews books, which some charge money, some are free, but the ones that were there are free. And, and my goes, this free? Is this one free too? I go, yes. He doesn't know what they were though. But I was like, what these are is they're going to explain to you some stories coming up, but it, it lets you, especially him as a younger kid, know some more characters, know some more books. So I take kind of back my thoughts on my personal thoughts, which I never really put out there, was I just don't ever really read previews. Like, we see them sometimes when we're looking through the news, but I right. never really picked them up in forever since doing this podcast. Cause I didn't I don't... realize they published them still. Yeah, I mean, there's only a handful. Yeah. People still go into comic book shops, and I guess it depends on the shop if they, because they probably have to cost a little bit to get I'm it. I'm sure even like the comic books on Free Comic Book Day cost them like thirty yeah. cents a piece or something like that. So that was kind of another cool thing for him to like looking through this and seeing like a Venom book that he didn't even know about, but he knows Venom from the many cartoons that he watched. So, anyways, yes. so that was one of them that I also read. Um. I guess the last one we'll bring up in this uh, section is Nightcrawlers, number one. Nightcrawlers? Yes. From so, X, the X-Men's? Yes. So what do you think Nightcrawlers means? A multiple Nightcrawler. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a Just lots of them? Multiples of Nightcrawler. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... So, uh, I mean, like a blue one, a red one, a yellow one, a oh, green one, cool. like a rainbow coalition of Nightcrawlers. Okay. Uh, no. No. Is it Nightcrawler and his little little baby Bamfs? That has really anything to do with him because he's uh, he. All right. This is Sins of Sinister, so this is also part okay. of this event still. Oh, is it? Is it based on that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal where he plays a reporter in L.A.? You know how many times, though, whenever I go by that, I'm like, man, I wish this was really, like... It's an excellent excellent, movie, but it has nothing to do with the X-Men. No, this has uh, to do with 10 years after the first uh, part of this story happened. Remember how uh, when I was explaining, like, a 10-year, a 100-year, and, like, a 1,000-year or something? So that's how these books are kind of taking place. So, again, like... How the House of X does weird when they come out once a year with these convoluted ways to read a book. Yeah. Again, though, they they've done it pretty flawlessly in the last two things that they've done, two and a half that they've done. This one is working well, too, because it lets you know at least which spot of this overall new world it is. Okay. uh, To where you get. And so this is with a lot of the X-Men being chimeras and having... uh, Nightcrawler's teleportation um, power. And so these are the Knights of... Oh, what was it? The Knights of... Not Knights of Night. Knights of Knee. Um, <laughs> the Knights who say Knee? No. The, the Legion of the Night is uh, okay. what they call this secret force. With an N or a K-N? Uh, just with an N. Okay. And so... There's some other uh, Chimera-type mutant, you know, spliced up in this, too. I don't want to get too much into it because, again, they did a really – it's a really solid story. And before this, even, it talks about how Nightcrawler had a new uh, new kind of beast uh, mutation, kind of like how uh, Hank McCoy has gone through a little bit more bestial form um, and how Sinister extracted his DNA and is now making – well – 
deadly mutants that can teleport. So oh. you get, you know, like a um, Laura Kinney X-23 type. Mm. Imagine her being able to teleport. Yeah, that's unstoppable. She would be able to stab a lot of people. Yeah. wonder... I'm thinking, like, how if you had, like, a magic hole, you could punch out of it and, like, come out of nowhere. I guess so he has to do his whole body because you can't just... Yeah, he doesn't He arms. doesn't make, like, magic holes. Yeah, his whole just body just disappears. Yep. But the BAMPs were, were plentiful within this. Yeah. Uh, I really like this, uh, you know, kind of splash page with them coming in. With and, the little baby BAMPs. Yep, getting Banshee slash uh, Ghost Rider. Um, oh, his, chimera thing and and it goes into what wait ghost rider yeah there's other mutations and and different things and i he's but not ghost rider is cursed he's not yeah but he's also not um and actually i don't think it's real ghost rider because it's a flaming skull but i didn't recognize the names of which mutant it was oh. but i'm assuming but even if it's not the spirit of vengeance no and i think it is because they he said he's the spirit of variance in this so the vengeance could go into anyone that's not sinister making him though he's on the different side gotcha so. okay but again right. other different switching of and that's that's the one thing i will say about this event that i truly enjoy and love there have been a few times in the comics history where swapping powers or whatever is done but not to this full extent and in a, any other run, you'd kind of be like, this is dumb and cheesy, or this mm -hmm. is like Dragon Ball Z levels of like mm -hmm. power scaling. You you give one mutant who's already an Omega with another, like, who do you, how does it work? This is just dumb fun. You know, we know it will all get reset eventually somehow anyways. True. But, but those stories are okay, and as long as they're done well. And does have like some point to it like again we haven't explored this much in sinister in years that could be the whole point and that's reason enough let's not do the whole and i'm only pointing to dc just because of the name but like another crisis again like let's do some events that are fresh take some characters that we haven't got to explore we don't need more batman doing batman stuff with everyone joining up in it right I'd like, you know, or a flat, like those people, like pick a side character person. That... Yeah, man. That's why I loved 52 so much, like 20 years ago, yeah. because it followed all these side characters. You really got to know a lot about them. Well, that and that was a, re a re renaissance for them to have some of these characters become big mainstream characters now. Yep. So we do have, so we do have that, but th they're still always overshadowed by the Justice League characters and their whole families yeah. and stuff yeah that's again that was what was nice about yeah. 52 because that they the that was after crisis and they all the big three four big three or four um because i can't remember i know batman superman and, and wonder woman just disappeared but i can't remember if like flash and aquaman also disappeared but they were just gone they were in none of the comic books and it was pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> So what do you got? Um, so I caught up on a bunch of stuff. I finally read the issue of Saga and the newest issue of Saga. I got caught up on Ice Cream Man and a couple other things. But <clears throat> I did read a couple new books. The first one I read was called Blue Book. 
It's by James Stinian Quattro um, and Michael Avon Oming. So this is what I want to say is kind of maybe I think an anthology series, but I'm actually not entirely certain. So it's only three issues and um, they describe it as James's ambitious nonfiction comic book experience depicting true stories of UFO abductions with an eye to capturing the strange essence of those encounters. So basically they're taking reported UFO stories and then telling them and illustrating them, which I love a good UFO story. I do, but those things, I, I don't know how to truly feel because I want to say we have been visited. Their aliens are out there somewhere, and maybe they've come here. Maybe right. they didn't. Saying that though kind of makes you sound crazy, like sure. you believe in aliens. Yeah. But then at the same point too, because we see some of them are hoaxes. Right. We know that, but then some of them are still unexplained and right. crazy. Yeah. I, 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 you know, would like to err on the side of caution and say that the circumstances in which we were created on this planet. It would be crazy to think that there wasn't another planet somewhere else where that exact thing happened, yeah. if not numerous planets. So it's it's insane to think that, like, there's no chance. But also, like, most of these stories probably didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so the first one is just about this couple who's driving back from a vacation and, like they see something following them and the woman starts freaking out and she keeps making the husband stop and like getting out her binoculars and like the lights are getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. And he's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's probably a plane. And like, basically it's just this whole car ride of this couple arguing back and forth on whether they should be worried about the shit that's following behind them. But it was written and drawn in such a way that even though it was kind of just like a mundane, like, like, you're kind of irritated by the husband being like, shut the fuck up. He didn't say shut the fuck up. But basically, he said, shut the fuck up. Uh, we have to get home. And Herbie, and you also are irritated by her because she won't stop. <laughs> so, like, you have this irritation of this marital dispute going on in this car. But also, like, the ominous feeling of, like, the thing getting closer to them. And they don't really show it until the end. It was good, I thought. It was, like, nothing nothing crazy. Like, it's clearly a story somebody told. And they're still here, so... Well, it, and, and what you were just even describing the story, though, it's it's not necessarily the ending. It's the terror in between that right. really takes you... Because, like, just thinking that, I was kind of getting terrified of, like, God, that would, that would right. fucking... It would startle yes. me, even if I know... There's nothing, but there is something following. What the hell is that? Well, and listen, so the the couple, this takes place like, I don't know. I don't think, I can't remember if it has a year. Oh, 1961. And the couple is part of the NAACP. And so even though you can't really tell by the art, you just assume that they're probably black. Um, so the idea of them driving through the country being followed mm, yeah. has kind of like a fear in two different ways, right? Because even if it's not an alien, if something's following them, it could be bad Yeah. either way. So it was kind of just an interesting one to start with because it doesn't, it doesn't end with like an abduction. It just kind of stops when the husband gets out of the car and can like see face to face with like the thing that's following them. 
Um, but what this also has in it is a uh, non alien abduction, alien UFO story. And it's like a short story that they titled True Weird Presents. And then it just says Coney Island. And it's about this in 1889, this kid going to Coney Island and being just enamored with the idea of Coney Island back then and wanting to stay in this hotel that looks like an elephant, which existed on Coney Island back then. But it was where you would go to have sex with prostitutes. It was a brothel. (laughs) So it was this giant fucking metal elephant. I mean, is... So that's a true thing. There was a metal yeah, elephant. Yeah, it burnt down when everything else on Coney Island burnt down. Okay. I, I do want to just say that I, I emphasize with the person because when I was younger, like, I was in love with just the idea of New York. Like, things were shot there. Uh, I thought Central Park was, like, the coolest right? I park still do. ever. I mean, it is pretty cool. awesome. Yeah. But also, Coney Island was, like, that thing that I wanted to see so badly. So being an adult and finally going there and... What I think is seeing the idea of it from when I was younger, which would have then even been before that when it was in its height. Right. Cool. I mean, so I, obviously this is set in that time for yes. for that anyways. But I, I can only imagine being a kid at that time. Like it would have probably been like Disney World to be like, because it was. It was like an attraction place. Right. Nowadays, people would be like, oh, it's Coney Island. Yeah. Who goes there? Right. But anyways, just, yeah. Just tourists still. <laughs> Um, but he ends up meeting this guy on the beach who tells him this story about this thing that they saw in the air one day over the water on Coney Island. And, and this is based, and again, based on like a true thing. Like at some point, this giant group of people saw this thing flying in the air over the water. It was reported in the New York Times <laughs> or whatever, Post. I'm not sure what newspaper it was. but So it's just really interesting. Like it definitely gives you like a... Not like a, uh, uh, what were those shows? Like Outer Limits, kind of like Outer Limits kind of feel, but those were all stories yeah. that were made up, whereas these are based on true things. So I think it's definitely, I mean, it's three issues. So you're not in for a whole like year's worth of UFO stories, which I also appreciate. But it's like, these are interesting stories that are true that also... Again, you can look at them as, oh, but it's also fake, comic booky right. ish Yeah. Embellished a little. Who knows? But, yeah. I just think if you're a fan of those sort of tales, like, it's probably just a good read. Did I ever tell you when I got abducted? You did not. So, we were young. Yep. Taking a trip down. We went straight west and then down to Mexico to visit my uncle with my grandma, me and my brother, my grandma, aunt, and my cousin, my aunt's son, who was, like, three at the time all i know is we were nevada new mexico area and we saw like signs for the city coming up and we're all like cool we gotta you know pee soon we're gonna exit you know this whatever and then you know about a half hour later uh you know you just left uh so-and-so city and we're like there was no city yeah what was with that Uh, again it's just us being lost, but us kids. And then my grandma went on it, and I'm sure her and like having fun with us. But yeah. she was encouraging us enough to think that it, like, there we, was a time, like, yeah, like we, a time you missed time. Well, it came up of like 
we must have got abducted. I think my grandma might have said it or my aunt said it or something that made us kids go, we got abducted by aliens. Yeah, that's the only reason why we would see a city coming up, but then we were leaving a city, but there was no city. Obviously, it's not true, but it... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adorable. Um, so the other book I read was called Local Man, and it came out through Image, and it was written by Tim Seeley. Um, and... It's interesting because I really feel like this is Tim's kind of like love story to the OG image comics. Okay. Like Youngblood and and all of the old school shit that came out when Image first dropped. Um, but it starts with this guy going back to his hometown and he was in a superhero team, but he's been kicked out and he goes home and he's clearly disgraced his family. And everyone in town is also embarrassed by him and pissed off at him. But I don't know why. They haven't said okay. why yet. So I'm like, did he do, like, clearly there's some sort of, he, he has some flashbacks related to one of the women in the group. So I'm like, is this like a, did he do something real bad and rape somebody? Or I don't know. I don't know. It could be literally anything. You just never know. But it so the first half of this comic is like hit just him going home and dealing with having just been in a super group and like a beloved superhero and now everyone thinks he's trash. That's very interesting. He goes to a bar and like apparently there was this guy who was like the local baddie who was also powered who shows up and he thinks that he's there to fight him, but really it it, like if you actually read the dialogue coming out of the villains and I'm using air quotes villains mouth, like it seems like he wasn't there to fight him. He wanted to tell him something. Um, and he's never going to get to find out because some stuff happens to that guy after he gets put in jail. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. You're going to have to read it to find out what happened. But he ends up getting like a cease, like he, because he ends up in a fight with this guy, his old super group shows up and serves him like a cease and desist. Like he can't, he can't fight. He can't use his old name. He can't even get involved in like local crime or else he'll get sued. Like he okay. cannot do anything having to do with like superheroing anymore at all. And I, I assume that the premise of this, because it on the, the cover, it has like him sitting in front of a, like a, uh, I can't fucking think of words today. A billboard. Okay. Yep. Um, with like a ski mask on. So I'm assuming that like it's gonna be one of those stories where he's been told he can't do all this stuff, but he can't help himself, so he's gonna throw a ski mask on and do like local vigilante shit. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But what I really enjoyed, uh, it, it, intriguing story, right? What's gonna happen? What did he do? That's the real thing. What did this guy do? And if Tim Seeley's a smart guy, he'll fucking hold that off for as long as possible. Because I'm going to keep reading this until I find out what the hell this guy did. Because his dad is not happy with him. <laughs> uh, and, and his mom doesn't seem to be really either. So I'm like, what the hell did he do? But at the end of the book, and I had to, because I'm reading this vir virtually, digitally, um... There's a there's a second comic in the back, but I had to go to the very last page and then read it backwards 
So like I had to start with the last page and then go to the second to last page and to get to read the story in the right direction. And I don't know if like if you actually bought the comic, it was one of those where you turn it upside down and read it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not sure. I was confused at first because I got to the last page of this story and then there was like the letters page and then there was another comic started and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And I read it and then I read it the next page and I was like, this is going backwards. So I had to figure out how to read it. Um, but, But it's him on his first day with the superhero group he was in. So this half of the book is telling about when he was still in the super group. And it is very early imagey. Okay. Like in the art. Like, here, I'll show it. There's the super group. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, it's totally old but school image. But I love image. it, though. Rob Liefeld sort of characters. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like what I grew up with in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, and, and, and Tim, Tim Seeley... Writes about in the letters page about how he remembers when Image first dropped and how awesome it was that like artists and writers were finally able to own their own work and do what they want without a corporate structure telling them what stories they had to write and stuff like that. So this does really, really, like especially the last half, really feels like Tim's like, I love old Image. (laughs) (laughs) So it was good. I, I, like I said, I really want to fucking know. I want to know what he did. <laughs> Moving on to some news. Okay. Um, I mean, we could have just a quick discussion of The Last of Us is amazing. Everyone should be watching sure. it. If yep. you're not, uh, you should correct that. Just watch it. I, I will say uh, the last, well, last two episodes, but two episodes ago, um, number seven, I think, when they go to Joel's brother's camp place or base or whatever just seeing that society could if you come together Mm -hmm. um as a community and everything i'm like yes there is same uh goes back for the nick offerman episode but this just being more people together being a community and giving their all and just seeing some of those different ways that some of the cities and the people have power take power and who's right who's wrong not you know right Oh, just so such good writing. I just love good, coherent. Yes, I agree. Stories, um, but I don't, don't want to segue into that after saying coherent stories. Um, so, Amen and the Wasp uh, came out. Yep, and it's got mixed reviews. I again, I enjoyed it. I liked it, but I can get why some people might have had some other expectations, and I can also totally agree with some of the criticisms such as Ant-Man shouldn't have been the one to that's kind of a dumb one because again who's to say who can't launch the next big villain like Paul Rudd or does it need to be a Guardians of the Galaxy type you know ensemble like well technically Loki did I mean yeah technically but that guy died in Loki doesn't matter this guy is living still we understand the conceit of the character, though. Uh, yeah. And that started in Loki. So everyone, I haven't seen Ant-Man yet, but everyone who that's their opinion should shut up. Well, there, <laughs> there's a there's a kind of a um, MacGuffin with some smart ants and 
a few things were I th- smart ants. Yeah. Ants are smart. Making technology ants smart. Oh. And actually the one the one true criticism that again, if they would have just tweaked the script a little bit, could have made it even better is you have now Hank Pym and the original Janet. Mm-hmm. That's cool to have these older legacy characters in in these movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This felt a little bit more. Well, it was Janet's story. She had been there before, and the problem that I had and my brother had and discussed with some people is, whenever a character in any show keeps a secret for whatever fucking reason and they don't have time to tell it now, automatically I want to punch that character because there's no time in the damn fucking world that you can't explain right what's going on right and in fact every movie that actually has someone explain it it it's a usually a well-written story because you have to then force the um, problem to come from like something else not keeping secrets right and janet kept a big secret of knowing kang and it's like oh yeah there was a whole civilization that was there well they i think she does not mention that. I guess, yeah, she does not mention the civilization. Because if you remember, when she comes back, she talks about being really fucking alone for a really long time. And it drove her crazy, is what she said. Well, that could be continuity issues. Errors? Which, yeah, which yeah. also is stupid to have. But again, yeah, it would have been better if she would have not ever met Kang, but she met some people there to be like, it's a ruthless place. We don't want to go back. And then when they get sucked in there, she can kind of help them being like, we got to be careful. And like, well, what is it? And just, you don't need to really reveal, but just she know. But having her just act clueless at first and then people knowing what she has, like some sort of answer to their questions that they're asking of what the fuck, who's this? I don't know. But it's uh, it had one of the second biggest drop offs in Marvel mm-hmm. history or not second. The biggest second weekend box office, I guess. So pretty much high. Like it made tons of money the first weekend. Right. But that's how most movies do now. Yep. It's all about that follow up and people still going. Uh, Kevin Feige has said though that they're happy with the results. Again, they again you they want to keep printing money, but when they have something that at least makes it back, they're still ahead in the game. Sure. They'll have to pivot a little bit. Maybe they. You know, tweak some things of some criticism, but I liked it. And what I liked about it even more is that my dad asked me to go see it. It was it was one of our many snowstorms we've had in the past couple weeks. And so my gaming night got canceled and then stopped by my dad's and he he goes, oh, hey, how's it going? I was just going to call you. Do you want to go see that bug movie? Ah. (laughs) I was struggling to think of what the hell he goes. It's got, like, the guy that shrinks small. And I go, oh, Ant-Man and Wasp. He goes, yeah, the bug movie. That's funny. But that he asked me to go. He wanted to see that by himself, not me saying, Dad, you want to just be an expert? Because he hasn't watched a lot of those movies. Right. He's watched a handful of them. Is he a big Michelle Pfeiffer fan? No. but I think it was just he. it was a snowstorm. He had nothing going on, and he wanted to spend time with his son, who just randomly stopped by. Because ah. he also did it for Doctor Strange. He, uh, multiverse. Want, yeah. Yeah. He randomly said, I had an extra ticket that I was trying to sell to someone because a friend couldn't make it. And he goes, I'll buy it. I go, What? You want to see? This? He goes, Yeah, I think it'd be fun. 
all right, you're not going to know anything. But, of course, then me doing the whole everything explaining and right. he then got it. And then, of course, then this, too, he learned a lot more about King and who all these people were. And I don't know. That was kind of just a fun bonding moment. It just yeah. it was really nice. Oh. But we didn't know that we bought the when we found like the most like, oh, this is the next showing. OK, yeah, we can make it. Let's get there through a blizzard storm. We get in there and we're sitting right before the movie and goes, put on your 3D glasses. We're like, oh, oh, I guess we we bought tickets to the 3D version. Oh. So we had a quick run out and get those. It didn't add much. Yeah. Yes, some pretty cool effects like in the overall quantum realm. A couple cool scenes, but again, it it wasn't one of those movies that they it shot to make it. Right. They maybe shot a couple scenes or the VFX kind of really. Otherwise, it was a waste, but we didn't, didn't know. realize they were still making 3D movies. I didn't realize that really either. Again, we just thought it was Ant-Man right. time showing and then, huh. oh, I guess it's a 3D one. Crazy. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, and I don't know that I want to go see it in the theater. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it sets... The only thing would be is, and you could look it up on YouTube, is the endings. If you didn't want to watch this particular movie, some things happen in this movie that will set up the next phase, but you could kind of get away with reading it, and then if you don't care about Ant-Man, but care about like the Marvels or anything else, you could probably just start watching those shows, but you would, would highly suggest at least read what happens in this right. movie? Oh, this Connor can tell me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, um. So tell me, Modoc. Oh. What did you think? Because I heard. So. So okay. CGI was lacking in some areas and not in others in the movie, and. I so Nerdist says it was the the best comic book thing brought to the movie screen so far. And Connor was like, no, it was trash. Uh, I'll go a little bit in between there where Modoc, knowing Modoc and how ridiculous he is, he was ridiculous looking in an almost like it, a little uncanny Valley because again, it's a giant head. I like when they did some of the scenes of him having like a mask on because then it was easier for CGI to do and distance stuff. Every time he was talking, like, and I get why he's bald because he was bald within the right. first Ant Man movie, the actor and person he's portraying. But Modoc has hair, and I feel like that was missing for me. Like, if he would have had hair, it would have been even goofier. I know how much hair is hard to do. Right. Having a shaved head is just probably perfect for the VFX. Crew. Right. Yeah. 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 He did what he needed to do, and I enjoyed his character arc within it. It made sense for why he became Modoc. Like he shrunk down, his but his head got a little bit bigger. That's a perfect reason for Modoc. And then he just went. Modoc as the character was awesome. The CGI was a little lacking in some areas, but I, I thought he stole the show. So yeah. All right. it was really good. But Jonathan Majors is. Amazing. Oh, listen, I love Jonathan Majors. Lovecraft Country was such a good show, and I don't know if they're ever going to make a sequel season to that, but if you haven't watched that show, you definitely should. He is amazing in that. I will have to give that a look. Uh, one, The biggest thing that I, I loved in the movie, it was a, a line from one of the alien-type creatures that likes holes, uh, talking to um, Ant-Man of, like, how many holes do you have? And 
Paul Rudd's character, you know, Scott Lang's, and then Hope goes seven, or someone said seven, and then there's another pause, which was the exact amount of time of me figuring out on myself too. Oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> and just like, and that's that was the joke. That was a meta joke of everyone in the audience laughed because I think everyone at the same time was like, do we all have seven holes? Like, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, if you count your pee hole. Yes, but it it would be a hole that you could. But here are your eyes, eye sockets holes. I mean, there are eyes in them, but technically not everyone has an eye in their eye socket. Would that be another hole, well, or is be, that just a an ridge or indentation? Indentation, yeah. Okay. So I think a hole has to. I mean, your ears stop at your eardrums, but your nostrils go down. Yeah. Yeah, through your butthole. <laughs> but your your your. Uh, okay, so the vagine. Well, we know we don't need to get in the science. I know that we, that that is. But it's one big hole. <laughs> That doesn't go anywhere except into a uterus. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, that was a, a really good one. Um, moving on from there, uh, we know that the next season of Cobra Kai is going to be its end. No, oh, um, I didn't know it was still going. Really? Yeah. Did you watch it? Do you like no, it? No, did not watch it. Don't. Awesome. Yeah. But if you didn't like the that type of genre, yeah. I mean. But it's a perfect for the people that grew up with it. and Right. Listen, I like the first Karate Kid. I have no hate towards it. But I watched the first two episodes of Cobra Kai, and it was not for me. Um, well, one of the things, though, is with its being on Netflix and people knowing that the sixth season is going to be f- the the last is how much did Netflix you know, interfere or anything. But the creators are saying, nope, this is when we wanted to get done. We felt like we are told the story we're telling the ending as we want it. So one of those cases where, yes, Netflix didn't meddle, but they're also saying that, uh, and the reason why this is news now is because they're now talking about possible spinoffs that could happen from it, which, I mean, you could follow any of the kids and start a whole new dojo and mm. milk this for more money. That's something I probably won't watch because that, that then does feel like it's milking. Yeah, all of a sudden you get the next Karate Kid and it's a dojo ran by Hillary Swank. <laughs> And then Jaden Smith shows up, and <laughs> yep. Will Smith learns how to slap Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, speaking of Jaden Smith, I saw a, a rumor of him, or, oh, of Miles Morales. There was a front runner. Again, there's all rumors of things. And then the secondary note was Jaden Smith is not on the list anymore of something. Ah. Which, uh, I'm not picking on a kid, but I have not necessarily thought he's the best actor. I feel he like was, he's... He was really great as a young kid in The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, yeah. But then he did After Earth, and I did not think that that was a good movie. I, I feel like he doesn't have enough range like yeah. that some other child actors have, and I right. feel like he doesn't have that range because he's gotten these parts because of who he is. Oh, not... he's a Nepo baby, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Both both those kids are. <laughs> you know, I've never really, even though I've heard that term before, I have to start using that a little bit more. Nepo baby? Yeah. It's a big, it's a hot term right now. Um, In the comic book world, something that I found out is 
Jonathan Hickman is going to be writing a new series set in the Ultimate Universe. Oh. Or of the Ultimate Comics. Uh, I don't know all the details of it, but do you know about Ultimate Comics? Yeah. Um, I thought they merged that realm with the 616. Yes. So it's going to be interesting how this is. It's called Ultimate Invasion. And, you know, it's going to be about the Ultimate Comics. I don't know how but it's going to feature mainly the maker which okay. is still running around 616 so maybe he finds something and maybe it's remnants of whoever's left hmm. over or maybe that well, yeah because miles was from the ultimate yeah universe, miles right? is here yeah. there's a handful of others from the yeah. ultimate universe that are when they did the whole secret wars uh the last one they combined some of them to bring them over yeah and destroyed that universe right who knows? Maybe it's back together, or uh, maybe it has more to do with like maybe some previously untold stories. So the people in that universe get, even though you know it's dying. I don't know where hmm. it's going. Huh. But yeah. my brother read these extensively. He read almost all the Ultimate uh, comics. So oh yeah. This will be probably something more for him than me, because again, I didn't. But again, depending how this uh, goes with the main roster of Six One Six. It maybe have to be something I'd pick up. Do you? How much do you know about the formation of the Ultimate Universe? Like why? They, uh, the why is Marvel has done it a couple different times with trying to make a new universe to tell stories in that aren't glued back to the main continuity. Okay, and almost most of those things are. Kind of a, a like how to get more more diversity in their characters. Well, no, not even that. But like sixteen oh two is a very good. Uh, Neil Gaiman wrote it for. Um, it's a a universe because there's been a couple different. Uh, yeah, I think I have the X Men one. Yeah, and there's yeah. a Fantastic Four. There's a Avengers one. There's like a handful of them that are set in there of back right. in that time. This world of superheroes coming about, yeah, then. and those ones I get, but because those seem very short term. But the Ultimates lasted for quite a while. But again, yeah, and those are short term. But we, they never. That also came out, I think, after Ultimates. But Ultimates was one of their big pushes to be like, let's have something where we can make characters, change them, do whatever, but we don't have to be tied to that continuity. And then also, in this world, though, there is continuity. What happens happens. We're gonna we kill someone, they are dead unless they do a, you know, superhero one off. But they they right. had less less people coming back from the dead than what always happens in a normal. Okay, thing. and that's where I believe was the the get go for it. I could be main, mainly wrong, and then there's some other deep seated whatever reason. But that's what it was supposed to be, and so that's where you got some major deaths in it or some major characters that, um, and they also try to make it more real. So there was less of the Asgardians being gods. And this is a lot of also, I didn't read it all, but Matt telling me, but Thor getting some technology to be kind of like a God, like ah. um, Galactus in that world was a horde of like space faring, like bugs so oh, in that, that if from a distance they looked like a giant cloud. Yeah. No, exactly. Like the movie. Yes. And that's where people <laughs> said was you could see that or you know where they stole it from in the comic wise, but they didn't pull off the other last part of it of like if you're going to do the storm cloud that they did of Galactus in it, 
you got to have those bugs like come to earth and like show that they are like a swarm right and that's what they just call galactus in that world then there was another one where galactus got switched over there and it was weird i read that crossover just because it was following galactus but a lot of the other things um one of the major ones was having um cable Mm -hmm. person that's in the future uh this war-torn you know vet who comes back in time to you know prevent some things they made him wolverine so, physical Wolverine, who's at the end of his life, came back, had gray hair, um, called himself Cable, and so people, and it looked like Cable, so people are thinking this Cable, but then you find out, wait, you have the DNA, you can regenerate, what, you're Wolverine. Again, a big one of hmm. those, they mess with some of the tropes, and yeah, those yeah. things can pay off if it's good, and they had good enough writers that most of those things did pay off. Um it was, right yeah, on. a whole different different retelling, different universe. And, yeah, it lasted for a, a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, yeah. So it's a little bit of... Interesting. So, again, I don't I don't think this is going to... You'll read it because it's Jonathan Hickman. I mean, that's true, too. Yeah. And, again, if, if the maker uh, is in it, who is Evil Reed Richards... Right. Anything Reed Richards, but Evil Reed Richards is one of the best Reed Richards. <laughs> um... So there's going to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover coming soon. They've already crossed another the, one. Yeah, they've done Batman multiple times. I think they've done Power Rangers twice now. Uh, they're going to be crossing over with Street Fighter. And you have a blank look on your face. Yeah. Interest- you don't think that could work? Well, no. It totally obviously. I think it could work better than <laughs> anything else because Street Fighter is a bunch of people fighting and half of them are ninjas (laughs) (laughs) true so it makes sense i just don't know why because i feel like street fighter so again yeah the the why the relevance behind it seems old so randomly i came across this this article of this which again i'll probably read it because i'm interested and i read those other crossovers i saw some toys back at christmas time when i was looking for toys for my niece and nephews a two-pack of a Ryu, and I think that came with Raphael, and I think Ken came with, like, Leonardo. But, okay. like, and then Splinter came with, like, M. Bison. So they've had toys already, which is a weird roundabout way to make a comic book because typically the comic book, the TV show comes first, and then the toy line. Oh, but they did that with um, Masters of the Universe and what was that crossover they did where the toys came out? together do you was it teenage mutant ninja turtles no it couldn't have been there was a maybe dc and masters of the universe crossover yeah the i feel like the toys there were two pack toys that came out for that before the comics even came out Yep, i think so too and that's yeah. and so again where this story came from probably from that they had some toys they sold pretty well and they're like well, shit. Let's let's make a story of why that we made the toys. Somebody at Mattel or Hasbro or whoever puts those out was like, "Guys, Street Fighter hasn't been, I don't know, in the forefront of pop culture in a while, and we have a lot of Street Fighter toys in the back. What should we do?" And somebody else is like, "I just throw them with the Ninja Turtles. It'll be fine. They'll sell." <laughs> I mean, that is true. You could turtles go with almost anything. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know what, though? Like, I need, like, just put out a good Street Fighter game. Mm. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Let's put out that. Um. So we have uh, we have found out so far uh, who the other Sinister's clones are. As, as I said a couple weeks ago, there's pretty much the four card suits are their little symbols and everything, and that has been revealed. I don't want to go into who they all are, but again, some of those people that I was talking about earlier work for one of the um, one of the Sinisters. One of the Sinisters. Yes, while they have their their war of making different things and him trying. The main sinister trying to stay ahead of everything else. So, God, good series. I can't wait till it's Why, done. Was that going somewhere, or was that a news story? Why did you just bring that up? That was so random. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, okay. So I was gonna go into who they were, but then I was like, no, I don't want to. Okay, do that yet. I was just like, this feels like it should have been part of your fucking review. <laughs> sandwiched in the news somewhere this is a random bit of I, information but again i didn't want to bring up a lot of i i get it it was just funny the way it came out of your mouth <laughs> just confused all right well let's just let's just <laughs> go on to uh booze in the book okay so i know that we have uh skipped it the last couple weeks just because i forgot to read some books and have something extra we're lazy let's just be honest i mean yes but uh, this this week's book is a fun one because it's it's a couple different small comic strips uh, in a book. Um, it is the secret, the evil secret society of cats, volume two. Oh, okay. So again, it's it's a couple panel strip uh, comic book of these cats who are evil. Well, it it, it shows their secret side. All cats are evil. No, my well, little, my little baby kitty is the sweetest boy on the planet. So something as simple as this is like one of the, the, the ones of this little kitty crawling up this curtain. And then the person, you know, why do you guys climb on the curtains like the human? And then you get the panel back of when they were trained to climb the, you know, the curtains. Why do we do it? Because they're there. <laughs> it's got a lot of like just cute, small, like, why do cats do that? Why is it chasing his tail? Or why are they playing with? Uh, I saw one of them was. We're we're making uh, we're making uh, the pizza today, or making biscuits, or whatever. And then it, the panels. Then the next one of them, like getting the flour out and everything. And then the last panel is again the humans coming in, and you see. It's almost like whenever humans aren't there, it's the cats that, through their mind or through what they're seeing doing, is makes sense. But when the human shows up, they see the cat uh, getting in the flour and everything on the table, like you aren't really making what it looked like in those previous panels. Right, right. It's a fun, cute book. Aw. I'm realizing now the boost we picked doesn't really... Yeah, you didn't tell me... No, you it didn't does... tell me what the book was about. You just told me to, to pick out a drink that was cat-related, and I... You cannot say that to me, because I am a pervert. <laughs> so if you tell me to pick out... A cat-related cocktail. I'm gonna put some. I'm gonna pick out something that has the word "pussy" in it. <laughs> and that is exactly what happened. I so we're pairing this very cute, all ages. It sounds like book <laughs> with a shot called the Wet Pussy. Um, I really emphasize the pussy on that one. But, uh, but with what's in this shot, I would say it is also. Fun and uh, to 
to partake in just like this book. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so it's equal parts of vodka, gin, coconut rum, peach schnapps, and then splashes of pineapple juice and cranberry juice. So it's a shot though. I mean, you could make a whole cocktail out of that and have a giant wet pussy, or you could do little wet pussies and do shots, <laughs> put it all in a shaker and, you know, divide it up into shot glasses. Cause who doesn't want multiple wet pussies? <laughs> To go with this cute... To go with this cute, all-ages <laughs> book about adorable cats. cats. <laughs> that are evil. Uh, oh, man. You know, also, too, I was thinking the evil part goes along with it, but it... I mean, I knew that, no, it doesn't. That's just yeah. the funny title of Yeah, book. you let me go all the way with that one, and you didn't even think about it, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> Never once were you like, I even asked him because there was another one. There was another drink called the Pink Pussy. And I was like, do you want pink or wet? And he very emphatically said wet. (laughs) And then refused to Google it on his computer like he's never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the last thing I wanted to just bring up the noose. Uh, Ripley. One last thing. <laughs> Ripley's Believe It or Not is trying to buy the real cocaine bear. Oh, the one that uh, actually ate cocaine and didn't do as nearly as much damage yeah. as the one in the movie, which I want to see that movie. No, that's the thing. That movie looks, again, one of those things. It's obviously more embellished than the actual story that Definitely. happened. But it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah. And actually, from the reviews, it does I look like I heard it it's, was great. Yeah. So... We Better need than more movies like that. Yes, but, I agree. Uh, so right now it's uh, in display down in Kentucky um, at the Fun for Fun Mall, and I'm sorry, the what? Uh, Fun Kentucky's Fun for Fun Mall. Is, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm just I'm just reading the news. Fun so. for Fun. Um, and Ripley's reached out to them, being like, "Can we buy it?" And then they were like, "All right, how much?" And they're like, "Name your price." So they're probably um, gonna get it into you know whatever a real value maybe a little bit more now that the movie's out but you know ripley's believe it or not owns so many weird things that right this isn't that crazy sounding no. but it's also oh it's a bear that ate a bag of cocaine it found in the woods i Who mean wouldn't eat a bag of cocaine they found in the woods but not only <laughs> that i mean owning it like that's a fun story you can make a small little like you know people come see that cocaine bear but now let the movie take off now you get your payday finally for right. stuffing that thing like that's true that's so. true. Well, that's it for this week. It is. I got nothing else. All right. Until next time. Hopefully, we don't have more uh, random snowstorms, but knowing it's Michigan. We definitely will, for so sure. Stay thirsty for shitty weather. Yay. Pack up on drinks now. Yes. Stay thirsty for staying inside. 